So that video um, was a part of what I got to go experience this summer um, in Nampa, Idaho, as it said on there, which is actually my, my hometown um, and where, so on Northwest Nazarene University's campus there at NNU, um, where my dad still works and my brother works. And so it was kind of a cool thing for me to get to go back there and experience something that I knew happened there, but I'd never gotten to experience in the Pacific Northwest um, FCA camp. And as I had, as Mike mentioned, as I had reached out to Mike um, this summer, there have been kind of a lot of things going on in my and Kaylin's life this summer, some, some really good and some not so great. Um, and so as I've just had some of these things stirring, I had asked, reached out to Mike and asked if I could just share on a Sunday um, kind of what God was doing in our lives. And so that's, that's what this morning is. And I'm just going to kind of read what I had um, written out after, after reaching out to Mike. So good morning, church. Um, well, by now, I, I think I've gotten to know most of you. But for those that I have not gotten a chance to meet, my name is Grady Pearsall, and I'm not a pastor at this church. Um, I'm actually not a pastor at all. My wife, Kaylin, and I have been attending Longview Naz now for about six years, and I want to thank you for welcoming me up here today. And for anyone wondering what I'm doing up here, you're not alone. Um, it seems we're never short on things to pray about. But if you needed one more thing to add to the list, you can start praying for Pastor Mike's judgment. Because clearly anyone willing to hand the reins over to me for a Sunday needs better judgment. <laughs> but on a more serious note, uh, I was driving home from a fellowship of Christian athletes coaches training a few months back. And I had an idea and I felt what I believe to be the stirring of the spirit. So I reached out to Pastor Mike and I'm just so thankful to have a pastor who encouraged me and journeyed with me as I wrote down my thoughts and prepared for today. About six months ago, it was spring and we were in the final months of the school year. I'm a teacher at Huntington Middle School across the bridge in Kelso. And an interesting thing about teaching is that it can be a bit cyclical, it can be a bit of a cycle. Meaning towards the end of each school year, we sign our contracts right before we leave for the summer. So there's this time at the end of the school year, right before summer break, when I allow myself to consider if teaching middle school math is indeed something I want to continue for the next year. Or if it's even something um, that I want to be doing for the long haul. Well, this past school year was a little different as I got to a more intense time of feeling I was ready to be done with my job. Uh, even if it meant I started bagging groceries at Fred Meyer or taking orders at Starbucks, I was done. Have you ever been there? Um, it's, it's funny, looking back now, I don't know if I could put my finger on exactly what it was that I, made me feel so strongly, um, but I did. I began calling my family members and having long conversations where they would try to talk me off the cliff and I would try to convince them that I wasn't crazy, just very discontent and lacking the peace that I had grown to believe God can provide for us when we surrender fully to his will. Uh, quite frankly, I had been missing this peace and contentment for quite some time, but I think things were just kind of coming to a head. 
You see, a scripture that had become really important in my life and in Kaylin's life comes from Philippians 4, 4, 6 through 7, and then also verses 11 through 13. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to say, maybe, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And for me, I think the, the thing that's drawn me back to this scripture multiple times in my life and the reason that God has used this for me and for my wife, Kaylin, to get us through some different hard times um, on the journey. I think parts of this scripture sound really great, but are kind of hard to understand how they fit into our reality at times. Um, and I think if we think about where Paul was, as I understand it, when he was writing some of this scripture, I don't think that he just had a, I know that he didn't just have a fluffy life, right? Paul wasn't writing this out of just having great times. Um, Paul went through some hard experiences. He was in jail, um, was persecuted for the gospel. Um, so I don't think that it's telling us that we're never going to be anxious or have angst or stress, but that when we do, it's our reminder of where to go with those things and that we can ask God to give us something that's beyond our strength um, and that he can do something in us when we can't. Um, and so I'm going to read that part again that really just for me, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, right, when we feel those things, we come back to him with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving. And we present our requests to God and the peace of God, which surpasses, which goes beyond, which transcends all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So I could probably stop right there and let that be enough today. But I'm going to continue. Um, we've clung to these verses, not because I think that they're necessarily easy, but because I crave and have experienced at times that peace that surpasses all understanding that can only come from God. During this time, I had a conversation with my dad. In my searching and my frustration, I had paid to take an online survey. And some of, the, some of you that know me well will know that this was definitely outside of my comfort zone, not something I usually put a lot of stock in. But I had paid to take an online survey that matches your personality and your interests to different jobs. Um, my dad read my results and we talked about some of the various questions and concerns that come up in life. We talked about the importance of finding balance in life, taking time for exercise and fun, as well as needing to be on the same page with Kaylin on any big decisions. At the end of the conversation, um, he recommended that I pray for God's peace in the current circumstances or that God would drop something in my lap, some new opportunity. This for me was a way of saying, God, if this discontentment is something from you, if this is a stirring from you, please show up. 
And if it's not, please show up in that case as well. And I want to say that this conversation with my dad was, and I still remember, was more than just like a conversation. And I think that I, my family might tell you that it comes out otherwise, but I try to um, kind of pride myself as being someone who can kind of stay in the middle and not get too high and not get too low. But in this conversation with my dad, there were times where I was just crying um, because it kind of symbolized for me that one, being open with my dad about where I was at, which was hard to do, but two, that I was feeling desperate. I was at this time of not really knowing why, but I didn't feel contentment and I couldn't figure out how to just be okay with where I was at. And I didn't know what to do with that. Um, So a couple days later, After this conversation, I was getting in a little scripture and prayer time in the morning before work. Something I'll admit is not as much a part of my daily routine as I would like to be. um, Something I'm working on. But before leaving the house around 7 a.m. for school, I was praying. I was thinking of this conversation with my dad. And I was asking God to, to either help me have contentment or to bring up this some new opportunity. And as I was praying that, I also immediately found myself praying this this prayer, this verse as well, saying, God, I believe that you can do something. I believe you can drop an opportunity, but please help my unbelief. And I often relate with this beautiful verse from Mark 9, which I see as kind of admitting the human condition when it says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That I believe it admits the human condition that sometimes it's hard to get our actions to align with the values that, that we desire to embody. I prayed that morning that God would drop something in my lap or help me to understand how to approach my current circumstances in a way that would bring joy and contentment. And not a naive joy, not a fleeting emotion, but one rooted in the fact that God is bigger than anything that I was going through. Even as I prayed for this, I prayed that he would help me to believe that he could bring up an opportunity for me here in Longview, Washington, a place far from Nampa, Idaho, where family connections and my own relationships from growing up there might have opened more doors for me. As I remember it, it was that very same day that I received a text from Kane Ulrich Ken Ulrich is the head of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or as you've seen it referred to as FCA, um, for Cowlitz County, for this area. And those of you not familiar with, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, it's an organization that looks to go into schools, and they, they have a few different ways that they work now, but um, to talk with young athletes, to find those who have faith and bring them together in small groups or in a larger group, maybe across sports at their school, and to get together once a week to have kind of a devotional time together and to just talk about God and what's on their hearts and to pray together and pray for their school. And in those groups, we talk with young student athletes about um, about what kind of what it might mean to play our sport or to coach our sport as a Christian and how that might change how it looks compared to our peers. And we talk about the ways that sport can bring out the best in us and help us to bring about godly 
um, messages and how it can also bring out the not so good in us if we're not careful. So I had met with, or sorry, I had met Cain briefly about a year prior, but I hadn't had any interactions with him since that point. As I read his text asking if I had 10 minutes that day to chat with him, a lot of things rushed through my head. Uh, one was this, the timing of it stood out to me, and so I was definitely curious of if God was doing something. But I think the main one was that I didn't have any interest in getting involved with FCA. And it wasn't because I didn't agree with their mission or how they were doing things. Um, it was just because I didn't need one more thing on my plate, God. I needed something different. I didn't ask for one more thing. I asked for a change, not another responsibility. However, the timing was interesting enough to catch my attention. And so I prayed for an open mind. And Cain and I not only talked that day, but we um, met a couple times later, a couple weeks later, and met again. And there's more to the story, but eventually... I ended up attending the FCA sports camp at NNU um, back in Nampa, Idaho, my hometown. And that's the video that you saw at the start. And I committed to serving as a coach this coming spring in 2024 um, for an FCA club basketball team. So kind of like an AAU team uh, where student athletes know that they're going to be doing the things that we do as part of FCA. Around that same time, I interviewed for the eighth grade basketball coaching job at Huntington Middle School and got that job as well. And so um, I have these two opportunities coming up. And for me, I think coaching, so I'll pause here for a second. Coaching is, is kind of a funny thing in my story and sports because in my family, um, I am probably the least athletic. I am the, the least best at sports in my family. Um, kind of at the bottom of the food chain, I was the youngest. Uh, my brothers both played sports in college. My dad did as well. And we all loved them, and I loved them, but I just, for whatever reason, never was able to get to the kind of levels that they were. So in some ways, coaching doesn't make a whole ton of sense for me. When we sit and talk as a family, in some ways, I'm the low man on the totem pole when we're sharing sports stories. But it's something where there's been times when I've talked about getting away from coaching or not playing basketball my senior year in high school. Um, and for whatever reason, there were things that came up where I felt like I needed to continue. Or as I said, I was done. Someone came to me and asked if I could fill a coaching position that year. Um, and so these two opportunities have come up for kind of the spring or after winter this year. And I'll be honest, in some ways, the timing of these things doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm excited for the opportunities, but I'm also a bit nervous. I was asking God for a change of jobs, and that's just something that didn't come about. But I am excited about the new opportunities that have opened up, and I'm trusting God with the details. I'm trusting him with the fact that these things are not a substitution, but rather they are more things added to my plate. And yet, maybe that's the point. Maybe this was God's way of giving me enough to know that he's there while not taking away the reminders that any success I have is to honor him. And in any failure, I'm still working to honor him. And that was a message for me. I, I, I was taught that when the same message keeps coming up in your head, that don't ignore that, uh, that that's probably not you. 
Um, and for me, this was a message that came up as our youth shared coming back from NYC and they shared stories of how our failures or things that feel to us like failures can be something that God's going to use beyond what we could expect. Um, at FCA camp in Nampa, and I hope through the video you got to kind of see the level of energy that the athletes brought. There were over 500 student athletes there and I'm, probably a hundred or more coaches and volunteers. Um, so it was quite an experience. Um, at this camp, I heard over and over again that I can't define myself as a coach by my successes and failures. That as Christian coaches, we put our best foot forward. We model love to our student athletes and we still compete to win for sure. I have a small group of coaches that I meet with and we talk about this about every time that how do we marry these ideas with still being competitive and believing that God gave us the desire to compete. So, but we also model for our players that wins and losses don't define us. That God didn't promise success, but he did promise hope, joy, peace, contentment, and a greater purpose. That as John 3.30 tells us, and as, and I wish that I had a way to, to let you experience this, but as 500 people chanted simultaneously throughout the week, there was kind of a call and response, and the leader would say, he must, and we would all shout, increase. And then they would say, and I must, decrease. And we would say this over and over. Um, this message again, that he must increase. And I must decrease was an interesting one to have as our focus for a bunch of young student athletes who are focused on their body image and their willingness or their willingness to make sacrifices trying to win. So it was a cool perspective to have at the forefront for our camp. Um, I really wanted to have some pictures and wasn't able to get them for you of our camp. But there was one night in particular that I just wanted to pause and talk about here real quick. So there was a night kind of referred to at this camp as the cross night. Um, and it was cool hearing from coaches who have been to camp for multiple years because for this night, uh, those of you who have been to NNU's campus and been in Brandt Center in their big Swain Auditorium there, um, it was full of, of students and coaches. And up front, there was a big wooden cross in the middle. But this year, because there was over 500 athletes, we had to have three huge wooden crosses at the front. And up front, there were pieces of paper and then nails and a hammer. And so that night, and you heard the voice um, of the coach who kind of led the salvation, the gospel story that night of asking or telling people of what Jesus had done for them and asking if they wanted to invite him in. His voice was sprinkled throughout the video. Um, but as, as they did this, um, as they shared the gospel story, then he went beyond that and said, but this, re this message really isn't just for those who haven't been saved, it's for all of us, right? That we believe that uh, God's work in us is not done and that sometimes we have to recognize even publicly that God is still working and that we're still asking him to be at work in our lives. And so he said, I want to invite you to come down if you have something on your heart that you are asking God to take from you. Um, as you heard some of the athletes talk about insecurities or anxiety or addictions or whatever, or sins or whatever it is that they were struggling 
to release that they were feeling desperate about, that they could ask God to come in and give them that peace that surpasses all understanding and that they could ask him to take it for them. Um, And so it was really cool experience that night to see these athletes walking up and taking a paper and writing and then hearing the clack, clack, clack as they were nailing it to the cross in a symbolic form or representation of sacrificing those things and giving it to God. Um, So to tie that back into not being defined by successes and failures and understanding that we must, or he must increase and we must decrease. This idea that we are not defined by successes and failures is a hard thing to come to grips with, I think. When we measure how good that someone is at their job by the results that they get, or anything that they do, we measure how good they are by the results. How else are we supposed to measure it? And quite honestly, I don't fully get how this concept works in the real world. But I have learned something recently um, that helps me to be okay with the mystery of our faith, with not understanding how these things fit together. Over the past few months, Kaylin and I have learned, really Kaylin has taught me to pray with open hands. And this was another thing, um, just as I was learning this, we, and as I went to camp, I learned that at FCA camp, you don't just pray quietly to, you know, contained. Everyone puts their hands up as in, right? And sometimes these things for me are not things that I love doing, but I've learned to understand them as kind of a way of telling our brain of what we're really trying to do in our prayer. And so we'd have all these athletes and they weren't required to, but they chose to, to put our hands up and reach up and to say that God, we're giving these prayers to you as a way of opening it up and open hands and saying, take these things. We believe that you do real things with our prayers. Um, And so over the past few months in learning this idea of praying with open hands and not just the symbolic metaphorical part, but really in saying that God, we are giving these things to you. When we get to this point of not understanding or we can't do it in our own strength, we're inviting you in and asking you in a real way, whatever that might be in our life, to show up and to do something and to help. In the last year, Kaylin and I have found ourselves in many situations where things did not go how we had hoped or how we had planned or even how we had prayed for. In these moments, it became abundantly clear that we were not in control. And that we needed God's help. We had both really been looking forward to the next stage of life and starting a family together. However, after multiple years of trying, we found that we would not be able to have kids naturally on our own. And this was hard. We prayed with open hands that God would give us strength and get us through. And then around that same time, we found out that Angie, Kingland's mom, that her cancer was back for the third time. And this time the cancer spread more rapidly throughout her body. And we knew that it would be terminal. This led to a hard summer filled with a long stay at OHSU. And an eventual move, or sorry, and an eventual move to placing Angie on home hospice care. I share these things not so that you can feel bad for Kaylin and I, or that you can join in on the pity party that admittedly we occasionally throw ourselves, but to say that all of this has taught us something. 
in the midst of these circumstances, we have had to learn to pray with open hands. We've reached our limit at times of stressors. And we had to look up with open hands and pray, God, we don't have a clue. And quite frankly, we don't know if we have the strength on our own. But we give these things to you and we ask that you would help us get through these things together with our marriage still intact. So thus far, God has been faithful. And while we are not always perfect in trusting his plan, we pray that he fills in the gaps. This brings me back to our church body and the journey that our church embarked on a year or two ago. And I debated on whether to go here, but I think it's important. Uh, This journey was called Growing Young. And more aptly, uh, I think we have referred to it at times as Growing Together. Growing Young was the curriculum that brought up some really good talking points for our board and for our church body as a whole. But we strive to keep these values and talking points at the forefront as we continue in our efforts to grow together as a church body in our pursuits of serving God and being a light in our community. The principles of growing young serve as a checks and balances system to ask ourselves if we are actually doing the things that help us reach our goals as a church. One thing that the Growing Young Committee has talked about for quite some time is that we want to be a relational church, a church where you can come as you are with your hurts and your hang-ups and participate in authentic Christian community with one another, a place where we embody the realization that we confess our sins and shortcomings, but we do not let them define us. As a church, our desire is to trust God, even when we have trouble doing so in our own power to use our brokenness in ways beyond our understanding, to point people towards God and to bring about good. We believe one way of building such a culture is to share with one another. In sharing our testimonies, we invite people in and we engage them in our stories and how God is working. We practice admitting publicly and modeling for others a heart that says, I am not enough, and I cannot live this, this saved and sanctified life very well on my own. But I am doing something crazy, God, and I am going to trust you to honor my best efforts and to fill in the gaps to bring about something beautiful where I on my own continually come up short. During my coach's trainings for FCA, we were given this super simple tool. Um, of how you can write and share testimonies. And this is just one way um, to approach telling your testimony. It's not by any means the end all be all, but I liked this because I think it kind of simplifies the idea of a testimony that we can sometimes overcomplicate. Um, it simplifies the idea of a testimony, explains that it, if, sorry, that it can even be one really short story from our life. It can be one snapshot, one simple illustration of how God is working to change your life. Um, it can also be your life story, and I think that we talk about it in both of these ways, and at times it can be, it can get muddied, right? But that it can be your whole life story, but for me sometimes that can feel really big. 
and hard to write down or put into words. Um, and so it's okay if sometimes we're just sharing a snapshot of what we believe that God has done in our stories. And as, as we went over this that night, we used this tool the night that I ended up reaching out to Pastor Mike and saying, I'm feeling like I need to share. Um, and as Cain um, shared that night and talked, he made it clear that he doesn't feel that it, our stories have to be long to be impactful. And they don't have to have big words or come out of showing how, you know, great we can put together a story, but that we believe we're really just telling what God has already done. And it's not about us, but it's about what God is doing. So I wanted to read to you uh, the testimony um, that I read and shared that night at my FCA coaches training. And before I do, I'll throw it up here. And you can see that it's messy, um, but to me, it kind of shows the beauty of that our Christian lives and journeys are sometimes messy. Sometimes the church is messy. And so it's okay if your responses don't perfectly fit the prompts. Um, but this tool kind of talks about almost like we would use in an English class of writing an essay, right? Kind of before. And then when Jesus came in, this happened. And this is what he did. And then this is how it's changed my life or what he's doing with me or, or the journey that I'm on and don't know where it's going. Um, and so let me read to you my testimony as written on my FCA form that night. I was born and raised in the church. This certainly has its benefits, but maybe surprisingly it can have its downsides as well. The fact is that when you have heard your whole life about the stories of God's provision and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, these stories can begin to lose their power and the excitement and awe that, want, that they once brought. We can begin to hear them without connecting to the realities of what God has done and what he is asking for from us. I asked Jesus into my heart at the age of four. And even at that young age, I remember it being really real. And my parents were super proud of me. I had an excitement and a desire to learn more and to live out my faith I was in Bible quizzing and very involved at my church, as was my whole family. However, as I grow older and face new challenges, I'm confronted with the reality that sometimes in my life, claiming to be a Christian has helped my status and my popularity, and it's made things easier. Which means that it can be tougher to cling to my faith when that is not the case, or when life is hard. Sometimes, hard questions arise and not all Christians are on the same page about how to respond to them. Not even all Nazarenes. And this can bring about division. Sometimes I realize I have the head knowledge, but I need to engage my heart and be in relationship with God as well. Sometimes I feel I'm following the right steps, and yet my reactions maybe don't reflect the fruits of the Spirit, and this can be confusing. I still must ask for God's continued grace and continued work and guidance in my life. Maybe 25 years later, my shortcomings are still openings for God's greatness to become more and more evident. And so that was my testimony as I had written it that night. And I just want to say, clarify a couple things. Um, when I wrote that that night, 
or the days leading up to that night. Um, we had been coming off of, a, as I had mentioned earlier, a really long stay at OHSU while Angie's health was declining. And we were staying, we stayed for about 10 days as, a, as Kaylin's family at a hotel in Portland. And we would get up each morning fairly early and go to the hospital and stay there all day. Maybe leave for lunch, come back, leave for dinner and come back the next day early. And we were just all there together for Angie, but even more so for each other as there were times when Angie was non-responsive, but we felt a need to be there as a family. Um, and so we were there, and then we were also coming out of that, transitioning into this time of putting her on home hospice care. So I was writing this testimony at a funny time to write a testimony. Um, it was an uncertain time. In the beginning of mourning and the loss of a loved one, and it was interesting being, being kind of in the outside, but on the inside, right, as an in-law, marrying into the family and, and feeling the pain of the loss of Angie's relationship, but even more so figuring out how to be there for my wife and empathizing with her hurt and her loss. It was a time when I didn't feel jovial or even really at peace. I lacked that peace beyond all understanding. It was a funny time to be writing a testimony because my mind was filled with questions and my heart was burdened with emotion. So if I were to write my testimony today or in the coming weeks, it might sound different. Um, but I believe that God was working at that time to bring about comfort and peace to Kaylin in my life and that he continues to do so. Even as we have been processing the loss of a loved one, um, we have also now been celebrating an answered prayer as we prepare for the birth of our baby girl in April, something that we didn't know could happen. And so we praise God for this, even as... I'll be honest, it sometimes for me brings up other questions. I don't know why that prayer was answered and why others aren't, and why ours was answered in this case and prayers aren't answered for other people. But I know that for me, there hasn't been a lot of peace or a lot of help or pointing in the right direction in staying there. That for me, I have to at some point release and thank God for the good things and continue to pray through the hard things and release that to him. Um, as you can see from looking at my paper, um, and I mentioned this, my testimony didn't necessarily flow perfectly from the prompts. Cain would read that night the prompts and someone would answer it. And then he'd read the second prompt and they'd read their response. And he'd read the third and they'd respond, which was awesome. And it worked really well and it was short and succinct. And it got to me and my eyes got kind of big. And I said, Cain, I don't think mine's going to work doing that. And he said, that's fine. Go ahead and share anyways. Um, so I think that if I could say one thing, it would be that I think your testimony has to be just authentic and the story that God is doing in your life. And, and it might look different at different times. And, but I think that part of what makes our testimonies cool is that we can see God working um, sometimes in ways that we didn't know at the time to bring about hope and peace and to bring all things together and to bring comfort. Um, I would also say that that night as we shared our testimonies, mine may have been the longest one. So your story does not have to be long to be impactful. And it doesn't have to span your whole life. Again, it can be just one snapshot of a way that God is working or a way that God has showed up for you. 
So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up and they're going to play our final song. Um, I'm going to go back to this tool. So as they are singing, we're not going to have the words up today for this song. And you're welcome to stand, but you're also, I would encourage you to just kind of sit or kneel and reflect and to pray. And I would ask you to ask God during this time, if, what are ways that he has provided for you in your life? Um, and, and what are ways that you still need him to show up for you? And kind of think, if you're willing this morning, about what your testimony looks like. Um, and then, because again, as a, as a church, we believe that hearing from each other is an important part of what it means to grow together as a church. Um, and hearing the stories of not what we're working really hard to do, but what we have gotten out of the way and seen that God's done sometimes through us, sometimes in spite of us, um, and see the story that he's doing. So on your bulletin, if you would like, as you're hearing this last song, you can use this little note section and you can scribble down some responses to these prompts or if God has something on your heart or you can just sit and pray and think. Uh, but we'd like to use this time as kind of a time of reflection this morning.